All right, uh, so I got a great joke for you. So it turns out there's this a blind man, and he, he uh, wants to go to Texas. He's got business in Texas. So he goes there, and uh, right away, uh, as he gets off the plane and he goes to uh, this car, you know, the taxi, he can sense right away it's a big, big car. And he gets in and he goes, wow, this is a big taxi. I, you know, why, why is it so big? And the driver says, well, sir, uh, you know, in Texas, everything's big. And he goes, oh, okay. And then, um, you know, he could sense as he's driving along the freeway that it's, uh, you know, big, big lanes and everything else. And he goes, wow, that's the, the freeway is really, uh, seems pretty open. A lot, a lot of stretch of land. And, and he says, well, yeah, sir, it's uh, in Texas. Everything's big. And um, so then he ends up, you know, he, he's there a little bit early before his meeting. And he goes to a bar nearby and, and he goes up to the bartender and, and he says, I'll have a beer and gives him a big. And of course, the, the beer mug is huge. And he goes, wow, this, is there some sort of celebration going on that I don't know about? Why is this mug so big? Bartender explains, well, sir, in, in Texas, everything's big. He goes, okay, I, okay, got it. And uh, finally he has to go use the restroom. And he says, uh, excuse me, can you point me in the direction of where I need to go for the restroom? Bartender says, oh, you know, three doors to the right. And uh, there it is. And anyway, he kind of feels for the door because he's blind after all. And he, he misses the third door. And, he, and, he, and instead he opens up the final door, but that's the door to the outside. And, it's, and there's a pool on the outside. He steps out. He falls into this pool. And he, right away he says, don't flush, don't flush. <laughs> anyway, that, that's what happens in a state where everything is big. All right. Uh, now, speaking about big things, because I always want to make, connect these jokes, of course, to what we want to talk about. To the big issue. To the big issue. The, the big issue of the day. <laughs> because this election, baby, it was big. Uh, yeah, it sure was big. One of the things, you know, and we'd like to make our podcasts timeless, right? And I think we succeed in doing so. We even talked about the election and the predictions we made during the election, Ari, about how it was, um, uh, you know, how Hillary was, was unable to be about anything, that Trump was at least about something, that, uh, that it was only about her being a woman that seemed to be sufficient for her. Um, that was her shrill voice. It was about having all the scandal in the past. It was about how she... Uh, thought that she could manip- manipulate her way into the primary and become the coronated uh, queen for the Democratic nomination. Those are the things that kind of came into play and, and what we can learn from this, right? So it's not just to talk about the instant moment, but, but she lost. And one of the things that we now see, that we now know, is that at the very end of the nomination, um, the, uh, sorry, the election, election night, where it was becoming very clear to her that she was losing and that she would lose, that in the campaign headquarters for the Democratic Party, she was screaming. She was saying obscenities. She was throwing things, uh, uh, throwing things at people. But there, there were witnesses, and she, was, she wasn't alone. Can I clarify this a yeah, little please. bit? Because yeah, please. I, I think this, uh, let me help paint the picture. Because <laughs> you did a great job. Thank you. Okay. I try. But reports are a CNN reporter close with the campaign 
they actually wrote that. That tells you a lot to know about just how politics wow. work on the Democrats. In other words, it was even worse than what the CNN reporter. Yeah, it was family seeing this. Um, reports that when Pennsylvania went not her way, that was the moment that Trump crossed the, the threshold to the, the nomination delegate number. She physically attacked <clears throat> Robbie Mook and John Podesta. Wow. So she wasn't just throwing things at the Secret Service agent, right. which she does a lot. Right. And she didn't throw a lamp at the president this time, so it wasn't that severe, <laughs> if you remember that incident. Well, I don't remember that, but okay. I believe you. When, when the blue dress showed up with the DNA sample that matched her oh, husband. Oh, that president. She okay. threw a lamp. I thought you meant Obama. Okay, fine. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Her, her husband. She threw a lamp at her husband. Right. Yeah. Well, it, that's understandable from most women's perspectives. Right. And it put the security, it is just a little funny note, it put the Secret Service at the time in a very, well, difficult prote- position because their job is to protect the president right. and neutralize any threat. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice if they did at the time, but whatever. Not that All right, so, but, but go ahead. Anyway, so. so she physically attacks these people, not just screaming her stream of interrupted obscenities within the harpy voice. She's actually hurting them. Yeah. So when Podesta came out to give that, hey, everyone, we don't have anything else to tell you tonight. Why don't you just go home? Right. <laughs> there was a certain sweetness of coloration in his tone you, you and behavior. Think, well, look, we, we all knew that. That uh, when he came out, that at the very least, she was uh, mentally distraught and probably sobbing. And we know that she was sobbing. We we're having plenty of information from some of her close friends, some who were interviewed, saying that she was uncontrollably sobbing uh, and could not, uh, no one could decipher what she was saying. It, that's how bad it was. And Which, let, by the way, is a, one of those qualities we all look for in a president, obviously. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Look, and, and we're not saying this with glee, by the way. I mean, maybe, maybe Ari is saying it with glee. I am. Okay, I, I am not. Uh, I do think we we dodged a bullet in that sense, right? Because what would happen if she had a big confrontation with Putin and, and Putin said something nasty to her or, or more likely kind of uh, cornered or outmaneuvered her militarily one way or the other? What would she do then? What, how would she complain? What would she cry about at that point? I, I, I Again, it's... Now somebody's going to jump in, trust me, with an email and say, oh, you're, you're saying that because you're saying a woman who will always cry. I didn't say a thing about her being a woman. Uh, now I am. But the fact is, it has nothing to do with her. About she, She's a big crybaby. Okay? The, the, the fact that she doesn't have a penis doesn't make it any different. She's a big crybaby, and she's, she's unable to control her emotions. That's a problem. Okay? When they point to, if they're able to, to point to Donald Trump and say he can't keep his you-know-what in his pants— or can't keep his mouth uh, in check when it comes to talking about women or other, or other things for that matter, well, then we get to talk about her emotional instability. How about that? All right? So, uh, I, I, you know, I love talking about this because I, I want to study how this, how this all plays out. And it, it dawned on me when I heard about what happened in the, uh, the, the last hour of, of the evening, of the election evening, how, what a perfect ending this would be to a movie uh, an HBO movie, of course, <laughs> about Hillary Clinton and the uh, how devastating it was for her and how a Shakespearean tragedy it really was, and to some extent a Greek tragedy, but a Shakespearean tragedy for sure. What do I mean by that? I mean, all the things that kind of came into play, right? If, if you had to write a story, 
it w- and it would end this way, right? It's one of those movies that starts with the ending, right? And then that's what you would do, right? You would start off with this woman screaming and throwing things at her campaign staff. You did this to me. You ruined me. And now I'm going to be, you know, held in contempt or maybe thrown into jail because of you. Things like this, right? And then it cuts, it fades out and it says five years earlier, (laughs) right? Something like that. And you see her smiling and it's right after the re-election of, uh, or right before the re-election of uh, Obama, and how she has to kind of work with him to, and then make these sweetheart deals, right? And and all the other things that came into play that brought her to the position where she finally is throwing things at everyone, right? Think of all those things, Ari. The the, the fact, for example, that the, the fix was in when it came to how she treated Bernie Sanders how she, she basically outmaneuvered him in a, in a very treacherous way, right? I'm using the DNC chair. Well, she didn't even outmaneuver. There, there was no primary. The, right, there was, the, that's the right. The DNC had chosen her. It was going to happen. He wins 60% of New Hampshire, gets zero delegates. Right. She gets 20 or whatever right. it is. And it happens in state after state after state. Yeah. And, and the DNC is probably telling her behind the scenes, don't worry, the voters will vote for you no matter what. Right. You got this in the bag. <laughs> is it, we just have to get you to the general and this will be fine. Well, the, the whole situation reminds me of uh, when, you know, when I was single once upon a time, uh, this, this uh, very nice lady decided uh, that, she, um, that she was going to set me up with this girl and that I was going to like her. And this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, I, I went out with a couple of dates with this woman just to kind of play kit and be nice to the first. But she was just not my type. I'm sure she's a lovely woman and she's she's making some man very happy out there. But, uh, you know, she wasn't for me. But I guess we could have gotten married. I just didn't want to get married to her. I didn't want to, I, you know, I didn't want to even hold her hand. I mean, it, she's a nice person, but it just wasn't my cup of tea, as they say. And that's the way it was with Hillary Clinton. They, they were, they were, we are. The DNC, whether that's uh, uh, Wasserman Schultz or anybody else, we're telling you, the American public, who is going to be your date for the next uh, election cycle. And it's going to be a woman named Hillary Clinton. And you will like her because you know what? We know better than you. Okay? It's not even like an, like an arranged marriage. At least an arranged marriage, you can say that the father and the mother, uh, they do know better than you. You're, you're just young. Back then, people got arranged to, to be married when they were 19 or 18 or even younger. And to some extent, the parents did know better. And surprise, surprise, the, you know, the marriages did last uh, some, some degree of, of time. But, but this is different, of course, right? We're talking about a democracy. And, and we have this, this DNC telling us telling at least the Democratic base who they're going to, to be voting for. And this is your person. And damn it, you better well like her. But we don't like her. We, we feel like somebody else, please. And his name is Bernie Sanders. Or for that matter, anybody else. Anybody. But you present it as if it's a fait accompli, that this is, this is, we just have to take this woman. Then they're surprised that she loses. Right? I mean, it, it just, the, I wouldn't say the fix is in. On the contrary, I, I think the reality set in. It, it, it also reminds me of the movie Titanic. I love, I mean, it's such a great example because, you know, we know what happens with Titanic. You know, her whole campaign was the Titanic, so to speak, because it sunk. But I, I, don't, I don't mean to, I mean the movie Titanic. And the theme of the movie Titanic, there's two different stories, right? Uh, the story of the Titanic ship, where they talk about how indestructible it is, right? 
Well, then, surprise, surprise, not so indestructible. An iceberg caused it to sink on its very first voyage. But there's another story to it, right, where the, uh, the Billy Zane character is supposed to be married to this woman. I forget who, who plays the woman. Oh, um, uh, pretty actress. Uh, Kate forget. Winslet. Can, well, yeah, Kate Winslet. Okay, so the Kate Winslet character, they're supposed to be wed, but of course there's a lot of tension. She doesn't really love him, but she's supposed to love him and that sort of thing, right? And instead she falls in love with this... Uh, the kid from Steerage. The kid from Steerage, who, who himself is a not a castaway, what's a... Uh, what do you call him? Somebody who steals stowaway. on a, a stowaway. He's a stowaway. And yet she falls in love with him, and this is the man she wants to be with, right? And... Uh, and it's the movie is about how you can't uh, you can't uh, fool nature you can't you can't fight nature, right? Just like the, the the Titanic couldn't fight nature, nature will do with you what it will do, right? Same thing with the love story, love did what it what it did with that couple. That's the whole point. And Hillary Clinton is like the Titanic story, right? You will like this man in this case, this woman. Uh, you will like uh, this ship is indestructible, and this and this Hillary Clinton she's unstoppable, right? And she gets sunk, boom! It's exactly the story of Titanic, but it's about tragedies of which we speak today, right? And 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 just kind of unwinding this to what's the expression? Uh, a postmortem. It's a postmortem just to understand how this all could naturally come to play, right? You know, in any great story writing uh, class, they'll tell you that you have to always have a premise. The premise being something leads, one, one thing leads to the other, right? An example, uh, desperate people do desperate things, right? Uh, infidelity leads to greater consequences than you can imagine, right? Lying leads to worse crimes. Whatever, the, you know, crime does not pay. Right? Whatever you want to say, that, that, that's the premise, and the premise of, of Oedipus Rex, for example, the Greek tragedy, is that you, you, can't, you can't fight fate, right? The, 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 um, the powers that be said that Oedipus would one day uh, kill his father and marry his mother, right? And they did everything to avoid that, that horrible fate. But no, it ended up happening anyway. The very thing that they did to avoid it was the thing that caused him to do it, um, and you can do this. You can talk about about many movies just like this. Yeah, and the, your example is so brilliant when it comes to the Clintons. And let's forget Hillary today. It's it's the Clinton history. Yeah. Because just take us back for a second to the Lewinsky scandal. We're dealing with America in the mid to late 1990s. Yeah. It's not exactly the most uptight place. And it was a president who was. Popular and charismatic, and if he had just come out and said to the media, "Yeah, I did it. I'm right. really sorry, and I've been lying to you, and I apologize. Right. And if the Republicans impeach me, I will leave office voluntarily. But I hope they don't, because I have the business of America, and I hope the American people trust me for their business and forgive the fact that my family life is right. Anything like that difficult, yeah. like many other families." And soccer moms out there, right? <laughs> right, right. He would have been applauded for this incredible courage. Right. The Republicans would have looked like idiots for making this about a personal family matter. Right. But no, he decided to lie and mm -hmm. double down on the lie. And then the wife decided to, instead of bailing on him, 
divorcing him and being the scorned woman who rebuilt her life herself and then ran for president, decided to stand by her man after saying six years before, I don't stand by my man and bake cookies like Tammy Wynette. Said she stands by her man and doubles down on all for his lies with hers. Right. Well, you know, yeah. And that, that 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 alone was the same thing, and they didn't learn from that. Right. And then she does the whole gamut of of uh, this pattern again for her own run for presidency. Well, for sure, and and she, you know, at the same time, she does these nefarious, I mean, these really horrific actions like Travelgate, um, and, and so many of the other gates that we talked about many times on the show. But Travelgate, in particular, you know, offends me, where she. Uh, decided to go on a uh, a witch hunt, not even a witch. I'm sorry, to to just a tear a to destroy purge. a purge to destroy yeah. these people's lives. Why? She 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 fabricates fel- felonious charges against the travel office in the White House for the sole reason of justifying replacing them with a new travel agency. She didn't even need to do that. I mean, putting just fired them. She could just fire them. Would be perfectly fine. But she just needed this. Pretext, you know, I'll destroy people's lives in the process and make them their lives, you know, possibly face 50 years in jail. But no big whoop to her, right? <laughs> I've got my excuse. Uh, and we said a woman who could do that can do anything, right? And sure enough, she did other things just like that. And, uh, and then, of course, Benghazi. You know, lost it in the Benghazi story in addition to the fact that she tried to cover it up. And the fact it, it are two other things that, that people don't talk very much about. The reason why she failed to to push for assets on the ground in Benghazi. The reason why is that it was because she was afraid uh, that it might go south, and this is during an election year, and God forbid it would, it, it, look, it would make the Obama administration look unprepared, even though they had plenty of assets to go fight. Right there in Italy, they could have gone, just jumped right over there in two hours. So that's another thing that, that gets lost in that story. Even worse that gets lost in that story is how they put that man in jail for the one who created the video that they claim was the reason for the Benghazi demonstrations and the attack in the first place, which was total BS. It was. And they put him in jail. He spent a year in friggin' jail, having God knows what happened to him during the time, for, so that he could be a patsy for the Hillary campaign and for the Obama administration. No apology. No acceptance of, of the, the, the wrong that they have done. But she did this. She, she sent him to jail. Okay, knowing knowing yeah. full well that, that he had nothing to do with this. Yeah, they I knew it. Can one other little detail about Nicola and Nicola going to jail? Yeah. Not only, it's not like he went to jail out in a year and resumed his life. Right. This is a man who lost his wife, his kids, his house, his car. Everything and is living now in a halfway house in Orange County. Oh, I didn't know. Borderline that. homeless. Yeah. And it would be one of the great causes of the conservative movement to find where he is and raise money for him and somehow give him back his house and his car yeah. and his life. Uh, yeah. I know that's a little hard, uh, tall order, off subject, but that's how bad it was. Well, because it's not like it was a one year prison sentence, it's now been like a five year prison sentence. And then uh, to, to your point, about this is like Shakespearean tragedy, like the story of Oedipus in Greek tragedy, people have, and, and you say it over and over on this podcast, liars always lie, cheaters always cheat, stealers always steal, you know, all that stuff. People who cast their feet to the wind in a certain manner 
always get the same wind blowing in the same direction. Damn it, that's exactly what I, I was going to say words to that effect, which is that you will be treated the way you treat yourself, right? Or the way you handle your, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Right. Yeah. That's that's another fancy Perfect way of saying it. Karma yeah. will hit you. And, and that's and, what happened to this right. woman. And it's not yet done. No. That's the point. Because you and I have said one thing consistently, and I've said it on my show as well. I I want her not only to lose this election, because God forbid if she wins this election. God forbid. Thankfully that 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 has passed us now. I want her to go to jail. And I want her to spend a long time in jail. I don't want any pardons. I don't want time off for good behavior or anything else. I want this woman to live the life that she's imposed upon other people, the, the, the terrifying destruction that she's caused upon other people, not just the, the lamps that she threw at other people and the, the furniture that she's thrown at other people. I want her to go to jail the same way we, she threatened other people to go to jail and the same way that she put other people in jail. Uh, and the way that she destroyed other people's careers. That's, that's what I want. That would be a complete circle. You are such a piker when it comes to revenge. You, you don't know how to play this game, do you? Apparently not. No. Now let me teach you about serving dishes cold. The fate that she should incur isn't going to jail herself. The fate that she should incur is seeing Chelsea go to jail for the crimes that she involved Chelsea in. Right. Chelsea took money from the Clinton Foundation and spent it on real estate in New York for herself and on her wedding and many other things. Of course. Chelsea received classified information emailed to her from her mother. Right. And read it. And well, her, not, no, so my point is, imagine the fate of Hillary going to jail being one thing, but it's yourself. Imagine a worse fate of your child going to jail because of what you did after you tried to send other people to jail. Yeah, that would be great. Ooh, I'm good. Look, I, 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 don't, I don't have it in for Chelsea the way I have have it in for Clinton. I, I know. I just want you got to this... nip Chelsea in the bud. That girl's running for Congress if we don't stop her. I, you might be right. Um, she might be the first woman president. God forbid, right? Oy. So anyway, let's let's get to the because uh, I, I want to get to the meat of it, which is that she will have to live her own life, her own lie. There's a great movie, a French movie called Jean de Florette. And it's exactly on this point. I don't want to give away the ending. But let me just let, say that these two very evil men who tried to steal this, uh, this land next door for water uh, from a very innocent man who is a little bit gullible. He comes from Paris and he, he fancies himself to be a farmer, but he's not very good at it. And, but they know that there's a great water source on his land and they do everything to destroy him and to eventually force him to sell the property, and they succeed in doing so. And then what happens after that is so delicious and so fantastic, and it reminds me of what Hillary Clinton is all about, because that is a true Shakespearean tragedy, Greek tragedy, in fact, for so many reasons. And again, I don't want to give away the ending. Do see that movie, Jean de Florette, and its follow-up called Manon des Sources, which means uh, Manon of the Springs. Uh, Beautiful, simple story, and at the end, it's such a shocker and you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I want you to see that movie. Right. And let's mention really quickly to any of our listeners and all of them, if this ever happens to you, Barack Lurie is a fantastic real estate and <laughs> business attorney who can help you out. Uh, man, oh man. I guess we won't need the commercial today. 
<laughs> um, now, uh, thinking in terms of, of Greek tragedies, though, I mean, imagine um, later or Shakespearean tragedies mixed with Greek tragedy. You could always uh, think in terms of Lady Macbeth on the island of Lesbos being a perfectly appropriate. <laughs> Jeez, <so> <laughs> Oh man, oh man! What did I say? Uh, what, what? What did I go wrong? Uh, when analogies go too far, by Ari David. This is a family show. What's wrong with that? All right. Anyway, so look, the 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 point is exactly this: that you live the way that you you die, and you live by the way you live and die. That's 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 just it. You, whatever you project into the world comes right back at you, and. And look at all the things you set in motion. And then you're surprised that the world is now wants to come after you, Hillary. I, I just, I love it. I love the delicious, not irony, but just justice that comes back at her for exactly all the horrific stuff that she's done. This woman needs to go to hell. Okay. And, and I mean it in the most judicious <laughs> uh, way possible in, in, in the sense of justice and and if you're a Democrat, if you're liberal, and you say, oh, my gosh, you guys really have, have it in for her, we, we, we don't. It's, it's because we want justice. I have it in for her. No, no. I have it in for her the same way that I have it in for Bernie Madoff, okay? The same way I have it in for Charles Manson. Uh, the same way I have it in for, for uh, Julian Assange and, and uh, you know, with the other traitor. I, I want those guys. Really, Assange revealed all this stuff. Uh, that's, that's actually, unless, so. no, that's, it's honor among thieves. I'm, I'm yeah. cool with it. You know, that, that's that's what cops do, right? They they get their best information from from the co-conspirators, <laughs> right. right? So fine. You know, you're. I know, it's great that she's being brought down by another criminal. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> and that's another Shakespearean tragedy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, when people, one of the things I, I've noticed is that when people. I had a I had a girlfriend a long long time ago, and she was constantly um, worried that um, that I might be cheating on her. Okay, and it was really bizarre. I was not cheating on her. I, we were out for maybe six months together, and I, I just didn't understand this. Why is she constantly thinking? Oh, why are you looking at her? Why? Obviously, it, it got to the point where it was so crazy. I uh, I just had to break it off. And and it was relatively painless, thankfully, after the after the breakup. But Ari, the, the the reason why she was doing this is because she herself had cheated on so many on so many of her previous boyfriends. And for all I know, she cheated on me too. I, I didn't know, but I found out later on, even from her, she had brought it up. And and the point is, she lives in her own world where she cheats, so she assumes that other people cheat as well. And she suffers the emotional burden right. of the one cheated on. For her own offenses. I think that's exactly right. It's like the U2 song, right? It, it's no secret that a liar won't believe anybody else, right? Because that's what he does. That's his business. So when, when Hillary says something that there's a vast right-wing conspiracy against her, well, that reflects more about her than it does about the vast right-wing anything. There is no vast right-wing conspiracy. If only there were. Then we, we would have stopped her a long time ago. Yeah, but there but, is a vast Clinton conspiracy. There you go. Actually, conspiracies. Right. Because everything she did from pre-presidential Clintons to Travelgate and presidential Clintons, Lewinsky Gate, Whitewatergate, everything, right. to now has been a conspiracy. Right. Everything. See, I, and, and that's why I think she's the greatest story for any political screenwriter out there, anyone who wants a political drama, this is a great effing story. 
Don't you think? I mean, and, and and hopefully it will end with the truthful part of it being that you know the the, the jail closes, you know, jail door closes on her. That'd be great. I mean, what a delicious ending of a story. Very satisfying. You go home and you say that was a great movie. Cool. And you know why it's a great movie? Unlike uh, other crappy movies like No Country for Old Men, it's because there's a happy ending, <laughs> and it's a good resolution, and it's a just resolution because the bad guys lose and the good guys win. That's the reason why. And F whatever party she may belong to. Okay, and Richard Nixon, if you want, because I didn't like Richard Nixon. I, I think, frankly, he was a Democrat anyway, but that's another story. Uh, but, but he lived in a bizarre bubble for himself. He created crazy, uh, a crazy world. He was paranoid beyond belief. And then, sure enough, he, he gets attacked by the very paranoia. Okay, he gets undermined by the very paranoia. But this is even greater, this story. Hillary Clinton's story is, is one of pure evil through and through. I mean, you listed so many scandals, we don't have to go through them all again, but just Travelgate and Benghazi, the Clinton Foundation, yeah, that the audacity, the hubris to, to go forward and, and think that you can sell the, the, the country's interests for, for your own personal benefit, it's just unfriggin' believable. Yeah, but that's really the front side of the scandal that so often people focus on, and the real tragedy of it is the back end, the human suffering caused by it. The corruption of the Clinton Foundation, stealing money and then sh uh, shafting and shortchanging the children of Haiti after a yeah. tragedy. Yeah. The people of Syria and the people of Libya suffering right. because of the instability wrought by our policies. The Muslim Brotherhood taking over Egypt and making all of those Coptic Christians suffer. Yeah. And any Muslim who wasn't with the program of the Muslim Brotherhood. Remember in Islam, you know, when you have like Noni Darwish on the show, she explains they go after their own harder than they go after infidels. Right. Just the human suffering on the ground caused by this person. The, you know, the intimate little granular atomic suffering of one little person to another who have no influence whatsoever because they don't even live outside of the third world. Yeah. Is the true pain this person caused. And then the irony of this horrible party that she was the figurehead of, constantly telling everyone how compassionate they are. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And yeah. I mean, this, what we're talking about right now, is really the nitty gritty that I'm always so excited to drill down upon in, on your podcast, because this gets to why we are where we are yeah. philosophically and politically. Because we're not Republicans because we think the Republican Party is some great, you know, uh, uh, you know, panacea-scenic place to be of utopia. And then they're pristine they've never done anything right. wrong. Right. We just know that the alternative is so dreadful, it's the only place we, we can go to be an alternative. Right. Well, they'll do, like we said in, in last week's uh, podcast, they'll, they'll, they resent democracy. Uh, they undermine democracy. You see, that's the, that is a big difference between conservatives and, and uh, liberals. And not necessarily Republicans and Democrats, but between liberals and conservatives. Uh, conservatives embrace democracy. We love democracy. We think it, it, it advances our cause the best, so long as the truth is shown. Uh, whereas liberals, they resent democracy. Democracy gets in the way of their big, big plans because it's very jarring, right? Every four years, or better yet, every two years, they have to kind of get the approval of the American population. Oh, crap, here we go again, right? Here we go again. And, uh, you know, Obamacare, blah, 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 big national plan, blah, blah, blah. We have to spend right. all that money we grafted and raised on elections. Yeah. God, it's much better to spend on yachts. Exactly. <laughs> Private right. jet flights. But no, we got to buy some advertising right. here. 
but but see what I like about the Republican cause, and and for the, and here I am putting them together, the Republicans and the conservatives together. What I like about it is because they embrace democracy, because they they cherish freedom in that way, and that freedom and democracy go hand in hand. They understand that. They also know that they have to be accountable. Whereas the the Democrats and the liberals, they they feel that that they need not be accountable. That so long as they get away with it, well, then that's good enough. And that's why we were so terrified, not terrified, where we so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, so uh, reluctant and concerned about uh, a Hillary win uh, during, uh, during this election, with that, that she would feel like somehow the wind would, cl- the win, W-I-N, would cleanse anything that she did wrong in the past, that there would be no need to account I think that part of the reason why she screamed and hooped and hollered and cried and sobbed hysterically is not just because she lost, because she was angling for this for all her life, because she might very well be held accountable. And she, she can't have that. That's too terrifying for her. So we'll see how that turns out. But it's a Shakespearean tragedy, and she will be held to account. I think Trump um, uh, is, is contemplating a special prosecutor, if not... Uh, Ted Cruz as Attorney General, magnifique. That would be fantastic. That's a sign. That's, That's a, a sign. It's a big fat tea leaf yeah. saying they're taking this seriously, yeah. this very thing. And even if Hillary Clinton's prosecution is a second term thing, just imagine Ted Cruz as Attorney General cleaning up the EPA, the IRS, all these federal agencies. The co- uh, imagine federal uh, uh, civil rights charges being unleashed on mm-hmm. all the college campus people, mm-hmm. you know, like BDS and, P- and BL, right. you know, Black Lives Matter and all the abuse of conservatives on college campus. It's a big sign that justice is coming. Yeah. Well, I- I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that come. But it's, uh, we'll find out more uh, in just the next few days. The appointments will tell us a lot. Look, even if Ted Cruz doesn't accept the attorney general, somebody serious will, will accept that job or will be appointed to that job. But the Hillary Clinton issue will be a major part of that interview. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case involving a $220,000 promissory note, and you won a trial, but later discovered that the defendant had transferred all his assets. Dennis, when judgment debtors don't want to pay, they may shift assets over to their relatives, asking them to hold them till the coast is clear. How did you get the payment? The defendant had transferred title to two commercial buildings. We convinced them to admit it was an illegal transfer. That led to a great settlement with guarantees from relatives with penalties. And don't you know, they're making payments every month on time like clockwork. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. about Hillary Clinton that you think about her and you think about Obama for that matter and the whole liberal party to some extent and you think 
these people, uh, let's just, we'll stick to Hillary Clinton. Just don't, they just don't seem happy. Okay, she, she's clearly not a happy person. And I'm not talking about because she lost or anything else. I, I'm, I'm, I understand that from a, a moment, momentary point of view that she's not happy. But her core is not a happy person. You know, somebody talks about a vast right-wing conspiracy and is always on the edge, um, cannot say, you know what, life is pretty darn good. She, I, I don't think those, that those words ever came out of her mouth. You know what? Yeah, I've got a nice husband and I got a beautiful daughter and they're all healthy and, and uh, we're doing well financially and knock, knock on wood and we're all healthy. I, I guess uh, what's more can you ask for in life? You know, God has been good to us. Yeah, I'm thankful for all I have. I don't need any more. Dainu, Dainu, exactly right. <laughs> that, that's not what part of that, her. What is that she's not saying? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we had her say to her, it's, right. what's the word in Hebrew for, I want more? That's yeah. what they say in that yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, and they would say, Od. Okay, Od Bevaksha. Not even, Bevaksha means please. Od means more. Od, Od, Od. And that's all she wants. She wants more. Um, and it's all about power, of course. And if she were... To become president again, thank God she's not. She would still somehow demand more and more power out of that. I, I you know, from from a wealth point of view, and then of course after her supposedly eight years of, of the presidency, she would then uh, demand some sort of incredible position elsewhere. Can you do me a favor? Just yeah. one, just indulge me. Just tell me she's not president again, because every time you do, <laughs> I get so happy. <laughs> well, it reminds me of the joke. <laughs> Since you say it, maybe I should have started off this way. All right, so this guy goes up. He's an older gentleman. He goes up to the uh, to the White House and and uh, and he says, and this is an old joke about Gore and Clinton, but you can say uh, you can say this about about uh, Obama. This is after January twenty first. Okay, so whenever the inauguration is, let's pretend it's January thirtieth for the time being. Old man goes up to. Uh, to the White House security guard, and he said, uh, and he says, uh, "Hello, uh, I'd like to see uh, President Obama, please." And the Marine security guard says, uh, "Sir, President Obama is no longer the president of the United States. Donald Trump is president of the United States." And he goes, oh, "Okay, I, I, sorry, I'm sorry to waste your time." And he goes back, and he uh, next week he comes by, and he goes to the same security guard, and he says, "I'd like to see President Obama, please." And then man says, sir, like I told you last week, President Obama is no longer the president of the United States. All right? Got that? Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. Sorry to waste your time. Goes away. Comes back another week. And he says the exact same thing. I'd like to see President Obama. And the, the man is screaming at him. And he says, sir, I've, this is the third time I told you. President Obama is no longer the president of the United States. Do you get that, sir? What is the matter with you? And he says, you know, I just want to hear it <laughs> right. over and over again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and, that, and that's what it's going to be like, right? right? I mean, every day, every... Tell me about the rabbits, George, again, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I don't know about you. And, and I think, I think I'll be doing this for not just days to come, not just weeks to come, eight years. but I think for the next, hopefully eight years, eight years. I'll become, I'll be saying, wow, that was so, it's such a pleasure to know that neither, uh, well, that the Obama administration, that, that his tenure will no longer continue, that Clinton is not the president, that we dodged that bullet in a big way and things are so much better now. I, I know I'm going to be saying that. I'm just going to be so pleased every day 
And, and the reason why I know that is because I've been thinking almost every day during the Obama administration for eight friggin' years. Eight friggin' years I've been saying, I can't believe this man is president. I can't believe it. Okay. I, I felt like all those time travel movies where something weird happens in the kink of the, the past so that it creates an alternative universe, alternative time universe, where the bad guy becomes the president, right? Like in Biff, Biff in, uh, in the movie Back to the Future 2, right? He becomes president. Why? Because he got so much money as a result of being able to, uh, to, to fix the odds because he had the world almanac of all the baseball games that have ever been won, blah, blah, blah. He becomes rich and rich enough to become president of the United States. And that's the way I feel about Obama. I feel like someone has, has twerked the, the fabric of time back some time ago, and we are in an alternative universe that it really should have been Romney, and better yet, it should have been McCain, that we would never have uh, Obama in the first place. That, that would make sense to me. But instead, I, I think, how is this happening? How can, we, how can we undo this? Well, for the first time now, I feel like we're, we're somewhere like that. So because I've been thinking about it for eight years for Obama, I, I'm, I think I'm going to think about it for eight years for Trump. And I'm I, happy to report that. Yeah. I think this is a little off subject, but just to... We're, we're already to, way off the subject of to, happiness as to, it is, to, so well, go for no, it. it's totally uh, on <laughs> the subject of happiness to just allay your fears. Yes. If it wasn't allay for... Allay fears. Allay your fears, yes. If it wasn't for the wonderful, benevolent, wise, generous, and temperate... Barack Hussein Obama is president for eight years. We might be looking at Hillary Clinton right now. So thank God. That's true. <laughs> it took him to take her out. So that's true. <laughs> I'll take it. But I, but I, I, I totally relate. And the election night, uh, two thousand eight, it was a nightmare. It was the beginning of to me a national nightmare where it felt like a prison sentence. Yeah. Watching yeah. my beautiful country. It's like watching your children go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this no, wonderful it's, it's, country is in prison. It was a terrible, yeah. terrible nightmare. And and these uh, you know, look his supporters, his attractors, whatever you want to call them, they they feel like a greatness descended upon America when the first black president became the president. And, and uh, you know, that, that was more important, of course, than anything else. And then uh, he kind of gave great foreign policy. How so? I'm not so sure. Uh, he, he was great for the economy. How so? I'm not so sure. Uh, he was great for social programs. How so? I'm not so sure. He was great for black-white relations and the end of racism. How so? I'm not so sure. But, but they'll tell you this. I mean, it's like, how could you possibly friggin' say this? That, that there's any element, that there's not a single area that a president could preside over that you can say is better now because of Obama than in, in the abs, his absence altogether. In fact, if there had been no president whatsoever, it was run by your cats, for example. My cat's really smart. They are smart. But she's not alive anymore. Well, that's why I use your cats smart, as an example. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but if they were run by your cats... You know, the, we'd be far better off. They, right. If it were run by my toaster, it would be far, far better off. Um, Mr. Mr. Toaster, President, uh, what should we do about Benghazi? Uh, they, they, they'd <laughs> have the right answer. Toast, okay. We'll turn uh, to toast. <laughs> you know, feel what I feel. I mean, it's, I mean it would, we'd be better off yeah. than, than virtually every decision that, that Obama made. The, the only decision I think that was, a, I, I don't even think it was a decision, the Obama 
uh, killing. That, I'm sorry, the uh, bin uh, Laden. The bin Laden. Killing. Obama's decision to kill bin Laden. I think that was, uh, of course, it was the right decision. But I don't. I, I can't even call it a decision because yeah. they had the, the moment came up. Sir, would you like me to put a bullet in, in this man's brain? Yes, go ahead and do so, because we have him for the first time. Yeah, what, you had to think about that? Of, and, and, of course, I'm still My toaster waiting, wouldn't have right, to think about it. That's I'm the point. But I'm still, of course, waiting to see the body, just to prove it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, off subject and possibly conspiratorial, but where's the body? <laughs> well, uh, let, let's, but, let's buy that. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Right. I buy that, that he was killed. But let's not get too off topic. I, I, I do think that everything that he's done... I, I don't get it why anybody could think that he was a positive force for America, positive force for anything at all, okay? There's, there's just nothing you can say that he did better for the country. The only thing they will say is, well, gosh, we were, we were in the Great Recession and terrible things would have happened, as if they know, right? As if they had the slightest effing clue about what the alternative would have been. Right, it's just garbage all the way through. Or is but, it recessions have never happened before? Right, bingo. Oh, that's a very good point. And, right. and and that's how they always lived in the present, and they never have a sense of time. We've talked about that in the past uh, podcasts. So look, it's happiness of which we speak right now. And Hillary Clinton, not a happy person, right? Uh, I don't think Obama's a happy person. Um, it, it depends how you define happiness, I suppose. Um, Happiness to me means that you realize what you have and you appreciate um, all that you do have and understand that whatever setbacks you may feel, uh, you know what, all in all, it's pretty darn good, okay? I, I may not get that great client, for example, that I might be gunning for, but you know what, all in all, I have some really great, fantastic clients. My kids are healthy and my wife is healthy. God knows she's beautiful. God knows my kids are wonderful and a pleasure to be around with. I've got good friends like my friend Ari David. Uh, I've got a good thriving practice. Uh, State Bar hasn't descended upon me yet, <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, all, th- all things are good. You I mean, they don't care enough to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but look, I mean, these are small, th- you know, thank God for small favors, right? Where you just, you appreciate the small things and the world is yours. If, if you just know that I'm... I'm not six feet under the ground for one thing. I'm not. I don't have a dread disease. Um, I'm. I'm making enough money so that I have to pay taxes, right? Uh, and then I can send my kids to private school, for example. I mean, these are good things. This is happiness. But, and and one of the things that I like to to say is I wish happiness for everyone. I wish happiness for all my, all my, even my enemies. Why, why, why would you want that, Mr. Or especially Larry? your enemies, even. Yeah. Well, why would you want that? Well, the, the same, I guess the expression is, what you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? You want happiness for your enemies because your enemies, if they are happy, they, they won't be so energized to do ill toward you. Oh, they'll have other things preoccupying their mind. That's like right. being happy. Like being happy. It just yeah. People who are happy know how to let things go. Okay? They, they, they keep things in perspective. And you don't need people that are so animated with hostility and hate, whether it's an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, and so on, or, or a, a, you know, opposing counsel in my business who are just so energized against you, they want to destroy you. That, that's not a happy person. Okay? And, and so you want them to be happy, even though they might be your enemy uh, or they've done hurtful things to you before. You don't want to see them ruined. And I'm not... Now, our listener may very well say... 
well, wait, Mr. Lurie and Mr. David, we, you were just talking about how you want to see Hillary Clinton in jail. Huh, it doesn't sound like you want her happiness at all. Uh, no, okay, there's a difference, folks. There's a difference between wanting people to be happy and not letting justice do what it needs to, to do in order to, to come full circle. Okay, I, don't, I want Charles Manson in jail, and I, want to, I, I, prefer, I prefer that he be killed, okay? I don't need his happiness. He's forfeited happiness, okay? Now I want justice to descend upon him. Likewise with Bernie Madoff, likewise with Hillary Clinton. She's a criminal, and justice needs to descend upon her. Now, I don't want her to, to, to uh, have horrible things happen to her in jail. I want her to do her time. I don't want her to, have, to go to Club Fed or anything, but I want her to experience the loss of her freedom. I want her to, to I want justice because justice is a God-given thing for us. It's a gift that he's given us to do the right thing. And I, and I feel like we, are, we have not fulfilled God's mission until uh, somebody like Hillary Clinton, somebody that, uh, who's done the things that she's done, ends up in jail. She needs to be there. And there's one other reason that's very important, which is this. It's not about the retribution of society or us individuals who may like or not like her. It's also about making sure she never does the painful things she did to other people again. Right. That's deterrence. And that, that's fair enough. Right. There are, many reasons, uh, there, are, there are many reasons to incarcerate somebody. Uh, deterrence was one of them. Uh, punishment is another. Um, avoidance of, of, uh, of further issues is another. Um, uh, there's, there's a whole host of reasons in the, the penalty schemes, and all of them are legitimate, every single one of them. But in this particular, with this particular woman, she needs to pay, at least from a, from a, a deterrence point of view, to, to, as you say, but really from a justice point of view. The, the, the country needs to see that this kind of crap doesn't succeed. That's very important for the country. It's important for me to see. Indeed, it will make me happy. It should make the whole country happier. happy. Happier. Happier. That's right. Happier. Right happy. I'm happy. That's true. Uh, it, it, would, it would make me less happy. It would cause me uh, dismay to know that this woman could skate somehow. I would feel like something's wrong with the fabric of society. The, the America that I know and love so much is an America where people are indeed accountable and I can, I can count on that when I do my business. When I, when I go about you know, dealing in business with other people, I know that they will be held accountable and I will be held accountable. And, and that's why I want, I want justice upon her. Because it's very important for my children to see this. They talk about how important it was that, that girls, their girls for some, not, not their boys, not their children, not, their girls somehow see that a woman is president. It doesn't matter that she's a crook. Right? doesn't matter. She's As if that wouldn't cause enormous damage to them. Right, right. Ironic. Exactly right. <laughs> I, that's a good point. But, but how about this? I want her to go to jail because, I, because the children are watching. How about that? Then I can, I can be proud. Yeah, I want them to see criminals yeah. actually go to jail and right. don't skate. Right. They, they, yeah. they, they, they want her to be the president of the United States in order to be proud for the first time, right? As, to paraphrase Michelle Obama when uh, her husband became president. For the first time, I'm proud to be American. You know, F you, Michelle. All right? Right. But <laughs> as if that's what it takes to be proud of America. It makes me so angry. But, but likewise, that's no doubt the way so many of the feminists felt like that, that, that the fact that 
that uh, the country is not electing a, the first female president, well, that's a reflection of how sexist the country is, and they cannot be proud of America. Well, I say to you, when she's in jail, that's when I turn, and I turn to my kids and I said, now, now I'm proud about America because America fulfilled its promise that even its leaders don't get, get away with this kind of crap. Okay, that's how great America is. Yeah, and also listen to the misinterpretation of those feminists. They're taking a not yet to be a no. It's not like America said no women will ever be president. We just said not that one. Right. Not that individual. Right, right, right. There, and I guarantee there will be one someday. So ladies, buck up and be happy. That's right. I, I want to mention two things to you and get your comment on them. Two concepts and uh, I think that will kind of take you in some interesting directions. The first is vis-a-vis happiness and the Democrat Party base. If you look, you were talking about how happy people don't seek retribution. Well, clearly unhappy people riot and loot okay. and burn so, things down. God damn it. You, you, you're taking away exactly. That's fine. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm leading you into it. No, so no. I, I wanted to talk about exactly this. And, and well, that I is that the protesters, add, the protesters, are add, they happy people? I want to add one little sousaw, a flutter, a nutty little flutter on top of it. But the irony is they're doing all this looting and destroying and arsoning in cities controlled by Democrats of unhappy cities full of the people who voted the way they wanted. Well, of course. That's a very good point. It's a classic example of why people riot in the poorest of neighborhoods, which need the most attention in the first place, right? And least need a riot. Yeah, the least need of the riot. Yeah, exactly. It takes that much more to rebuild. Look, there's there's no understanding, um, you know, the liberal mindset. But w- the only way to understand, I suppose, is exactly this: the protests and everything else reflects very unhappy people, right? They they, they can't accept reality. Y- you and I, when Obama became president in '08, I mean, elected president in '08, we were extremely upset about that. But we didn't go riot. We but how, how does a happy person respond to that? They say in so many words, you know, in attitude, if not actual words, well, gosh golly, it's too bad. We really wanted McCain to win, but, you know, let's hope for the best, right? No, 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 no even no. more. Yeah. We say, you know what? We wish him there's, the best. No, there's work to do. Let's go to work. Let's do something about this. Yes. Uh, okay, that, that's fair. Which, I mean, you know, which like we this did. This podcast is a perfect example. Yeah, we, we, let's we, spread the word of the other arguments. Yeah. How, how come we lost? How, how is it that we can re- reignite the conservative cause and understand it? Dennis Prager did that very well with the Prager University videos, which are brilliant. Uh, and they are actually touching many, many minds. And, and I think actually helped... Uh, helped uh, bring out a tremendous amount of the vote in the conservative side. Now, the, the, the protesting mind, the, the, the protesters, as we now see them after this election, they're, they're full of very unhappy people. It goes without saying, right? I mean, these people have been coddled. These people have been told that they're so wonderful, that they can never be wrong, that they've, they've been given safe rooms. Whenever something goes wrong for them, uh, well, then they, they just cry and cry. Let it all out, right? Crayons, Play-Doh, coloring books, crayons. There you go. <laughs> and this is their, their whole approach. Uh, and then we're surprised that they're so bratty and so... It's a, they go full tantrum, as I said on my show. And, and not once does it enter their mind. Not once does it enter their mind that, they, that, that we might have felt the same way back in 08 and back in 2012. Now, it just, it, it's only what, only what they feel matters. Okay? And that's, again, the difference between a happy person 
and an unhappy person is that a happy person is able to step outside of himself and have compassion and empathy for another person's pain and say, well, you know, I, I just take the blessings as they, as they come, right? Uh, they, you know, we have a, a this too shall pass attitude, right? That the famous, uh, I, I forget, famous uh, assist- Solomon, right? King Solomon. Yes, the yeah, ring. that's right. Yeah. yeah, the ring, this too shall pass. And, and likewise, uh, um, the assistant to Caesar, you know, who was so pompous and full of himself, he asked his assistant to constantly tell him, this too shall pass, in so many words. And, uh, and, and understanding that all great things come to an end. You know, we understand it. We, we, right now, we, we enjoy our great victory. But I can tell you, at some point, we'll have another setback. Hold some on, Democrat. I have to throw up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, look, but I, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Someday, a Democrat will rise. Yeah. Hopefully, in the year 2082. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. When, when Democrats will become conservative again. Uh, but but it would be unrealistic for us to, to assume that the Republicans will control the White House for the next 50 years. It's just not going to happen. And be perfect because yeah. they are human. Right. Yeah. And, and they might squander it away and everything else. We, we get that. But we're happy because, well, frankly, we understand this is the American system. And we've been disappointed in the past. But somehow innovations happen anyway, like we said last week. Somehow America becomes the greatest country anyway, notwithstanding the setbacks and the preferences that we'd rather have. It's just our turn now. And now we get to be happy. Let us be happy, you, you miserable Fs well, who we are protesting to, out there in the yeah. street. Let us have our moment, okay? And, just, and don't try to tell us that the reason why we're winning is that somehow or that we won is somehow the sexists and the racists all you know, triumphed, okay? Yeah, says the people who steal elections. Exactly, ironically. right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all a bunch of garbage. Happiness um, is, is, is an issue in every election, And I tell you that the people that seek out happiness ultimately become true conservatives. True happiness. I'm not talking about roller coaster happiness, but happiness in terms of gratitude and perspective and understanding how great our country truly is. Those are the happy people. And those are the ones who are not in the street now, nor were they in the street in 2008 or 2012. So I ask you, my fellow listener, Be happy and spread the word of happiness, because in so doing, you will spread conservative values all day long. We'll talk with you next week. Let's do